good whatever you're listening on or whatever day you're listening on. You know, when me and my, I guess, co-promoter, Mark, you know, we were thinking... Tag team partner. Yeah, tag team partner. We were thinking, you know, what, what does the... What does the world need, you know, in 2021? You know, we were just thinking, thinking. Does it need a Does it need a COVID vaccine? <laughs> uh, we it... <laughs> we wish, we wish, but uh, no, we were like, you know what the world needs? It needs another wrestling podcast by two nobodies. Wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. You know, world peace. Uh, no. Universal basic income. Nah, get out. What we need to get us through is a wrestling podcast by the fans for the fans. Who needs to hear from like the most name brand people in professional wrestling when you could listen from the holler? But uh, no, thank you if you do listening. But you know, this is something that I don't know. It's something that we, I mean, first of all, to give a little background, like me and Mark. Other than probably like my brother, Mark's like the guy that I talk to wrestling the most about. And well, another, my boy Josh Hughes. But you know, it's just like, Shut up. yeah, me and Mark just kind of always had like the same interests in wrestling and everything like that. Even though we may disagree with some stuff, but you know, pretty much we've seen numerous events live together. You know, always, you know, talked about that. And this was always something, something that. I don't know if you have ever th- wanted to do, but this is kind of something like what I wanted to do. Yeah, I can't say that in my head I ever thought I would try to start a podcast, but when you were like, you want to start a podcast, I was just like, sure. And so here we are, because that's what you do when your friend asks you <laughs> if you want to start a wrestling podcast. Yeah. You just say yes, and here we are. Welcome to well, Mark, MTPW. Well, Mark saw, like, he was backstage, and he saw me just getting pounded by two two dudes. I had no one. My partner, my original partner, left me in the corner, and you just couldn't take it no more, could you? No, uh, I, I came like a phoenix running out of the back, down the ramp, made the save, got the hot tag, and mm-hmm. here we are. Or you, you say you came, you were like Sting, came down from the rafters. It's Sting! <laughs> Speaking of Sting, I mean, we're, with wrestling, we gotta talk about with what's current, and thankfully for us, Sting is current, and, uh, it's been a weird week for wrestling, wouldn't you say, Mark? I mean, with the yeah, news. I know, obviously, the the death of, of John Huber. Um, Brody Lee has has been sweeping the professional wrestling world. And so we just want to take a moment um, to honor Mr. Brody Lee, the exalted one, with a, a quick moment of silence, T's and P's to his family. And it's been a big deal, you know. Obviously, that's that's had a huge impact on on the wrestling community as a whole, not just AEW, but you, you know, I'm sure if you have seen online WWE wrestlers, just wrestling, the community in general has has really been touched and impacted in such a way. Um, you know, I think, and Tyler and I were talking about this before we started, but I think that John had the kind of impact and especially with his untimely death it, it reminds me a lot of like an Owen Hart or an Eddie Guerrero especially cuz like you've never heard anything bad about John uh, you've never heard anything bad about the way that he worked or the way that he was um backstage in the locker room like you've only ever heard really positive things about him um that he's a family man he loved his kids he loved his wife uh and he loved professional wrestling and he loved to work hard and to make much 
of professional wrestling and the people that he was around. So, um, you know, I think that, that obviously the after effects of his unfortunate passing will, will be felt for a while. Um, I know that there have been some really cool, just like tribute pictures and videos. And I know that, for example, like AEW selling a Brody Lee shirt where all the funds are going to um, John's family. Um, CM Punk on ProWrestlingTees.com. All of his shirts for the month of January, any kind of money that CM Punk makes on Pro Wrestling Tees, he's giving that to John's family. And so that's a really beautiful thing to see how the wrestling community can come together. Um but you hate to see that it has to come together un, in, in, in such an unfortunate circumstance. Um, but I think it just shows the power uh, that is in wrestling fans and the wrestling community just being so connected the way that we are. Um, we'll miss Brody Lee. I'm really interested to see, not to just obviously pivot and, and just go away from that, but to come back into the AEW circle in the realm. Like I'm excited to see how that storyline will continue and evolve with especially the Dark Order. Um, I know last night the the AEW, the Brody Lee special, um, was just really good, um, really beneficial to watch. I also appreciated how they still had a mix of storylines involved but the main point was we just want to honor Brody Lee and his life and his legacy. And uh, I think that was a really special episode of Dynamite. Probably one of the the best Dynamites that, that AEW has produced across the board. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably not the first to say this or anything like that. But I don't know, man, dude, it reminded me of like when Eddie Guerrero died or it's just a total surprise of it. You know, right. it's like, I mean, we all know that, uh, was it after the Co the dog collar match with Cody that he was off for a little bit? Yeah, that was, that was his last professional match on television. And then, um, you know, he was, hadn't been seen on TV, hadn't been seen on BTE. And, you know, I, I'm not one that kind of is like trying to get in the dirt sheets all the time, but I just figured, okay, he's taking time off. He's going to spend time with his family. And then it's like, he's going to come back. You know, because that's what you see in professional wrestling. Sometimes guys go and they make a big run for a while, and then they end up coming back, and it's like, okay, it's just like we never missed a moment with them. I mean, that's um, like what Moxley's going with right now. Right. Like he was out for right. a little bit. And, and and we don't know – well, I guess John's going to be coming back on uh, Dynamite next week. Yep. Um, and we'll get to some more Moxley stuff later, especially with uh, – Wrestle Kingdom, right around the corner. Uh, that's a tease in the industry and the podcast business. I guess that's a thing we're going to get used to now. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, guys, take time off, especially especially more so now in today's professional wrestling world compared to back in the day. You know, guys want to go home. They want to be with their families, whereas, like, you know, the Hulk Hogan's and the Roddy Piper's and the Macho Man's it has been 300-plus days on the road every year because, you know, you had to make a – Living for the, you know, and you had to just support the business. But professional wrestling has changed in that regard, and I think it's a good change. Um, and it just sucks, you know. I, Tyler, you texted me Saturday. I was at home with my family celebrating Christmas, and I was just, I was so taken back, like, couldn't believe it. Obviously, check social media, and everything's just all these memories, all these pictures of of John and stories from different people that he shared a locker room with and it's just like the shock of this is this is real and we've both touched on it. It's very similar 
to uh you know to Eddie and to Owen you know, just tragic deaths of men who were gone way too soon. But yeah, but like, I know we're going to talk about this like later on when we talk about AEW. But like during the tribute, I mean, they were shown photos of photos like we seen when they were originally posted on social media. I mean, it was just crazy, you know. And even just within within the the AEW episode last night, you know, you see Lance Archer giving yeah. that homage to the Luke Harper character. You see. Eric Rowe and Redbeard coming in and, <laughs> and making a save like, oh, oh my gosh, I was so shocked when that happened. And, you know, I, it, it's one of those things like I just got so excited off my couch, but I'm also like at the verge of tears at the same time because you see the emotion and the, and the connection and, you know, and Jericho and JR and the, the commentary team get, did a really good job of helping to establish that connection for people that might not be WWE fans. And so they don't know about – John's history with WWE, being Luke Harper, being in the Wyatt family, being in the Bludgeon Brothers, and that run that he and Eric had for so long together. Mm -hmm. um, but to see him be able to come in and and just you know celebrate and obviously make a save with the Dark Order, um, but to to be able to come in and, and be a part of the celebration of life um, was really cool. It was really really cool. Yeah, he was able to. Uh... His mo uh, sorry, he was able to say his message as well with the end. That's the, that was like, like probably like the fourth or fifth time. I'm like, damn, you know, it was just. But also, that's the cool thing about AEW, and that's how that's one of the things I appreciate appreciate about AEW is that they're willing to do stuff like this. Like they're not going to do anything petty or you know what I'm saying. Like they're right. Really, they're really, like, are they going to sign Eric Rowan? Probably not. You know, but it's cool that they're able to help him out. You know, not help him out, but able. Well, I guess help him let out. Him. Well, but it's, it's it's letting him come in and be a part of celebrating this bigger thing, and that's professional wrestling. And in in the moment of last night, it was celebrating Luke Harper, Big Rig, John Huber, Mister Brody Lee, the Exalted One. But I think AEW has this idea of like we want to celebrate professional wrestling. That's the bigger picture. And and I do appreciate, and we'll we'll get into this in the midst of everything that we'll talk about, not just today, but beyond, um, because part of what we want to do is talk about the world of professional wrestling, because the world of professional wrestling goes beyond WWE and, and even AEW. And you see that even on Dynamite, and you see that on AEW Dark, um, with the fact that um, Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa, the last two NWA World Women's Champions, have been featured very prominently on television. The fact that Kenny, um, he hasn't done this as much recently, but Kenny's been carrying, you know, is still the Triple A Mega Champion. Um, Even his impact fact, with on Kyle's recently. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah, and so um, it is. It's 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 refreshing almost to see that here's the world of professional wrestling, and it goes just beyond this one company. And not that there's anything wrong with what WWE does, but um, it is, it's it's a it's a breath of fresh air. What's like, oh, like this professional wrestling company exists in the midst of all these other companies, and we're going to recognize the history of these wrestlers and their careers and celebrate what they've done. Definitely. So, do you just want to? I mean, since we're already talking about AEW, you just want to kick it off, just dive straight into it. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's jump in. Let's jump in off the deep end. Might as well. Um, okay. Uh... I think. 
I think a big thing to talk about as we as we look at the AEW and, and, and we're kicking off this podcast at the end of the year, end of twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty one, I think it would um be smart for us to just even have a quick run through of the AEW champions, um, starting with the number one wrestler in AEW, the AEW world champion, Kenny Omega. And then we still have uh, Hikaru Shida as the women's champion, Darby Allen, of course, as your TNT champion. And then the Young Bucks, Nick and Mac Jackson, are the AEW tag team champions. And of course, and, and I know that this might be a controversial thing to say, but the most important championship in all elite wrestling, the BTE champion, Johnny Hungy, John Silver. Oh, I'll, I thought you were going to do FCW. Brian nah, Cage. Bro. Nah, nah, he's a stooge. No, dude. Sellout. No. Brian Cage. No, of course, Brian Cage. The Team Taz. Champion. Well, I mean, that's not a that's not a recognized title, or is it? We're still we're still trying to figure that one he's out. The so. ba- he's the second baddest man on the planet, brother. <laughs> I'll um, make sure to add. Brian Taz, of course. Well, and also you probably have to include the pinky, the ring pinky, wouldn't you say? Oh. MJF. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure that's been defended more than the uh, (laughs) FTW. Well, the the diamond ring has been defended, I guess, really one other time. You know, because MJF defended or MJF won it last year defeating Hangman, and then uh, this year he he won with an assist from the inner circle uh, to defeat Orange Cassidy. But other than that, I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and look to see if the uh, the dynamite diamond. Has has had other defenses beyond this too. It might there might have been like one other, but so uh, the show started off with uh, a ten bell salute for uh, obviously Brody Lee and it sucks to see it, but it's nice to see the camaraderie of like the pretty much the roster and the company and also to include the family of Brody Lee. I like that as well. And they did the ten bell salute, and then to kick off the night, the Young Bucks. And Cole Cabana versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. What was your thoughts on this match? Man, Cole Cabana uh, standing tall, giving the Dark Order salute was just like a kick in the gut. Um, for for the sake of you could see just how how much it meant to to him to be able to be a part of the show and and to honor Mr. Brody Lee in this way. Um, I thought the match was great. Uh, I think that it's it's really cool to see the the chemistry that is between the Young Bucks and Colt Cabana. You know, Colt is just one of those great utility wrestlers. He can do a little bit of everything, and and he just has. It seems like it doesn't matter who you put him in the ring with, whether for or against. Colt's just gonna have great. He's gonna work hard. He's gonna work great. And he's gonna make everybody else look really good. Um, it was good to see. Boom, boom, pick up the pin. And um, I think it's, you know, obviously private parties in a, in a really big pickle, you know. Do we continue to follow Matt Hardy? Matt's kind of on this weird, like, everybody should thank me, everybody should respect me because I'm Matt Hardy and the truth is the truth. And, you know, it kind of puts private party in this tough spot. Like, they came in under under Matt. Matt was going to mentor them. But now Matt is is really in this place of he's not sure what's going what he's going to do, what he wants to do. And so uh, – Really, really good stuff storyline wise there as far as like you know what where's private party gonna go how what are they gonna end up doing um 
And then I know that you you'll disagree with this, but man, <laughs> the Bucks the Bucks are money, and um, it was a good match. It was a really good opening match, and I'm sure it was really difficult. I couldn't begin to imagine what it was like to try to wrestle that after being a part of the Ten Bell Salute. <laughs> uh, just two questions. Did you listen with a commentary on? I did. Okay. Uh, when the Young Bucks did the the Meltzer driver, did they call it the Indy driver or was I mean it, the Indy taker or was I just the Indy taker? Yeah. Okay. That's that is what they said on okay. commentary. Okay. I just want to know if I heard that right. Um, but I mean I don't know what I don't know what they're doing with Matt Hardy. I mean, the, the, first of all, the dude almost died against Sammy Guevara, and now they're trying to make him kind of like a bad guy. Like I just don't feel like that's. I don't know. I just, but that's the thing is like I don't know what to do with him. I just feel like Matt Hardy, like he kind of like reached his peak with the broken gimmick. And then ever like if he's just Matt Hardy, he's kind of like meh. AEW should be like not grateful, but like glad that he's on the roster just because of what he brings to not not only in the ring but outside the ring as well. But it just I don't know. It just seems like I don't know if he's gonna help get Private Party over. Because it just seems like they've been doing nothing with Private Party for a year. And it just seems like no matter what they try to do, it doesn't work. I mean, they even showed off the uh, last year, like in the first round, like they upset the Young Bucks in, that, in the Tag Team Championship tournament. And, right. And it just seemed like ever since then, it's just they haven't been doing anything. It just seems like there's always tag teams that's always stepping up or like better than them, like, like SCU. I mean, the acclaim now, I mean, which later they came out to confront the Young Bucks until SEU showed up and threw them in. But it just seems like, and then FTR showed up. It just seemed like they never got their proper, I don't know, it just seems like it's not, it, they're like kind of like in the same lane as they were. Like, it don't, they're not better, at, but they're not worse. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, they're a phenomenal tag team, but I just feel like with AEW, they're like, another tag team that does <laughs> does flips. Yeah, well, and, you know, I mean, I think the thing that you have to remember is, you know, Private Party's only been wrestling for five years. Um, Last year it was four. And, right, yeah, but going into, they, they made their debut in August 21st of 2015. So, to be able to have them make a run, it's not that they aren't ready for that championship run. But I mean, you know, when you bring in FTR, when you bring in the hot, you know, the hottest tag team at the time with everything that was going on with them, like you'd be stupid to not put the belts on them and let them shoot off to the moon. Um I think that with I think with Private Party you're getting a slow build where it's like, you know, they're just continuing to slowly make this build that will one day culminate in something. I don't know what that something will be like or how it will look like or how they'll get there, but um, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. And, you know, I think with Matt Hardy, when you watch, if, you know, you get into BTE, you watch BTE on YouTube, uh, it's being the elite. Um, in in the most recent episode, that's the thing that, you know, Matt went on this tirade and he talked about how, like, he – Got online after the Sammy Guevara match, and everybody's like, oh, Matt sucks. Matt should be taken off TV. There are too many young people that are not getting TV time because of Matt Hardy. And so Matt Hardy's like, well, if you – like, you you need to thank me. Like, I've put my body on my line. I've put everything on the line for 
professional wrestling for so long, and now people just want to see me, you know, be put out to pasture. And Matt's like, I still have too much left to give, and I, I deserve my due. I deserve my credit. And so it's just – it'll be interesting to see how all that moves forward, you know. Is is Matt going to leave private party astray? Or will private party break away and say, like, Matt, you're going to go into a downward spiral and we got to move forward because that's what's best for us. Uh, second match, I mean, it seems like it's just going to be pretty much the Dark Order versus whoever, <laughs> it seems like, tonight. Um, Next up is – well, members of Dark Order was – with the guests, wouldn't you say? Because uh, Lance Archer and Sue Grayson and Nemo Uno faces Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade. Eddie Kingston uh, grabbed the mic and he said he's gonna miss uh, Brody Lee. And then he just said, uh, then he just went in the hole, screw you, Mo, and just say he's nothing without the <laughs> the Dark Order is nothing without Brody Lee. And kind of, you know, I I kind of like that. And I'm just gonna say this now, like I liked what him and MJF did. Kind of kept it like uh, storyline wise. You know, like, why would Eddie Kingston do this? Or, like, why would MJF do that? You know, but also, like, I feel like they, they also got their come up comeuppance. Oh, for sure. And I think that's one of the one of the beautiful things about the way that AEW handled the show last night is there was, obviously, the main goal was to honor Brody, and it happened. It was very successful in that regard. But you still had just enough of like a continuation of storylines, you know, Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. And Lance, you know, obviously has been battling against um, Eddie's family. And so you get that continuation of the storyline. You get MJF just being a prick to everybody because that's who he is. That's what he does. Um, and so for him to be able to just continue with that is is big. Um and so you still had enough of like storyline builds that will go into the next couple of weeks of AEW television uh, without taking away from the main point of what last night was about. And so um, I think it's really good. That was really brilliant the way that they were able to do that. I didn't know this, but I didn't know Eddie Kingston was a Notre Dame fan. I didn't know that. He came out with a Notre Dame jersey. That kind of surprised me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Obviously, I could care less about Notre Dame. So they're going to get their boats whooped. But anyways, pretty much it was just I don't know. It just it just seemed like the, with this, it's hard. It's kind of hard to go into depth with tonight's matches just because there's so much going on. But also, it it kind of meant nothing. It was just like a feel good show. Yeah, I mean there were there were things that move storylines along but they weren't extremely major or impactful um you'll be able to see highlight clips of them later on down the road uh last night was just to help provide a way specifically for the aew community the aew company as a whole um to honor the life of Brody and to celebrate him and to celebrate uh, professional wrestling and so you know with all of the in-between interviews like just people talking about Brody and who he is what he meant um, I mean that that was the point of the show and so you did still I mean and you continue to see these minor um, storyline advancements you know thinking about moving forward with in, the inner circle and dark order match with hangman um, I loved the 
moment where um, Alex Reynolds and John Silver and and Hangman all had the papers mm-hmm. in their in their gear. Um, I, I freaked out about that because I I love watching BTE, and um, yeah, that was just one of those things that like almost just kind of brought that tear to my eye and. To see MJF be a tool bag, be the prick that he is, like that was great. Like that was needed. It helped advance the storyline as far as this is what we're going for in this match. And uh, to see Negative One come in, you know, even get to hit MJF with a kendo stick, um, that's good stuff. But you also, in the midst of celebrating Brody and all that, you see this is Hangman going to join the Dark Order? That's a big thing that is kind of on the surface and it's just like especially now with Brody stepping out you have to ask this question like is there a spot for Hangman in the Dark Order and what's that going to look like Um, because Hangman's been on this journey ever since he lost the the inaugural AEW championship match that he's lost his purpose and his fall from grace with the elite has put him at the depths and it looks like the Dark Order is there to try to pick him back up. So will he accept that? Will he come in? Will remain to be seen. But I'm interested to see how that goes moving forward. I don't know. Like it, One way it wouldn't surprise me if they just totally drop it. Because it's going to be hard to feel that. Or kind of do like what they were... They're going to try to do what they originally planned for. But it's just going to be hard to see. Or I think those are going to be like the two options. I don't think they're going to be able to... like get someone to replace him. Like, even if they wanted to replace him, I think, like, the only person that could even replace him would be someone like, I don't know, like, The Undertaker or someone like that. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't like how he first started with Dark Order, but, like, as the months went on, I started liking it liking it more. Like, he finally got the chance to prove what he was able to do, and to me, it seemed like finally show, like, how good he was in the last couple of months. I mean, with that epic match with Cody, you know, that well, which was his last match, it just kind of, like, that, like, opened my eyes. Like, I always know he was a good wrestler, but, like, that was great. You know, like, he was able to right. do, do everything. And they just and they just had a match. Uh, which, oh, yeah, what's your thoughts on Butcher and the Blade? Um, Butcher and the Blade, I'll get to that in a second. I just, just I want to clarify. I don't think that, uh, I might have made it sound like I think that Hangman's going to replace Brody. Hangman's not going to replace Brody. I think that there could be a spot for Hangman in the Dark Order if they decide to go that way. I don't think you ever replace a Brody Lee. I think that because of this, I think that you can shape and shift the way that you take the Dark Order moving forward, but I don't think that you can come in and replace him unless you have to have somebody really special, and I don't even know who that would be off the top of my head. See, that's what I said, like, someone like The Undertaker. I'm not saying The Undertaker would make it perfect, but you get what I'm saying, like, yeah, someone like that big of a name, because like right. he, he's made like he made that role. Back to Butcher and the Blade, I I like the Butcher and the Blade. I think that they're a good change of pace for the AEW tag team division. Um, they they bring a lot of power, um, and they they have uh, the bunny with them, and so she adds a whole extra piece that you have to be aware of. Um, but yeah, I think I think that the the butcher and the blade provide just a different speed. You know, it's like you go to a restaurant and they're just like a whole different page on the menu. Like it's just something completely different, but it's something that's offered at the restaurant and people enjoy it. So um, they definitely are a good change of pace for 
what a lot of AEW has to offer. Next up was uh, Hangman Page, Alec Reynolds, and John Soliver of Dark Order versus MJF, Santana, Ortiz. Pretty good match, considering who was in the match. Um, loved, loved MJF with his, uh, I don't know what his ha headband said, but I loved his trunks with the... Proud and Powerful. Proud and Powerful in uh, Spanish, is that what it was? Uh, or was it Proud so. Okay. And, I think it just said Proud and Powerful, but... Okay, I can't read. Um... <laughs> Uh no oh the qual the stream I was watching was not HD so that's why I couldn't see it um and then but I loved his a uh, Puerto Rican flag on his trunks uh it was a pretty good match known who known who's involved MJF kind of healed it up with a uh, Brody Jr. minus one Brody's son kind of match went on and he went back out there took his mask off you know was trying to get under skin I guess you could say then he just took the best king shot in the world and laid him out. Out. And pretty much, uh, yeah, uh, Hangman Page, Doc Reynolds, and John Silver won the match. No surprise. Uh, what was your thoughts on it? <laughs> I mean, I think we, I, mean, like I think I've... we pretty much said I think what what our thoughts was the main highlight of it earlier. But I just want to know if you had right. anything else and, to say. And... No, I mean we pretty much pretty much kind of covered it. Try to tie it in with um, with the previous match with uh, Uno and Uno and Stu of the Dark Order with Lance Archer against um, Butcher and Blade and Eddie Kingston. Um, a lot of that similar stuff, and uh, it was cool. You know, obviously John Silver, the the gear that he wore was bought for him by Brody Lee uh, for some stuff on BTE that they just never got to film. Um, so that's just another really cool tribute thing that happened in the midst of the show. Um, I think Johnny Hungy is, uh, he's a fan favorite here in the DeLong house <laughs> and, uh, and we're just, yeah, we're, I mean, I'm excited to see how the whole, the whole storyline with Paige moving forward, what that looks like, as well as, you know, MJF in the inner circle. And as far as next week goes, you've got a big match yeah. between Wardlow big and, boys. Uh, and Jake Hager. Yeah, you know, let's to go. Quote, to quote Big E, you got two big men, big, big sweaty men bumping meat. So, yeah. um, meat that's boys. gonna be a big match. It'll be interesting to see what things look like with the door, you know, with uh, Inner Circle moving forward too. Yep. Uh, more. I mean, sorry, I should have said this throughout. You know, when it happened, but during after like before and after matches, they were they were playing tributes. You know, John Moxley was like the first one that led off, and pretty much like everyone was talking about, pretty much like what well, man, good good man, not only a good man but like a good dad, Brody Lee was. But uh, next up was Anna Jay of the Dark Order and Take Conti versus Britt Baker and Penelope Floyd with Ford, Ford with our boy Miro. Um, the best man. Dude. <sighs> Not the time. Um, Every day is Miro. <laughs> no, I don't, don't say what, that. No, no, man. No. No. No, he's not, dude. No, man. I did, yeah, let's just say it. This podcast are, is huge, Rusev, guys. But, dude, I don't like. He's a chomp in AEW, man. 
you rather be you rather be a streamer. You rather be playing video games. It seems like I want that Bulgarian brute back. Look, here's the deal, man. If you can make money, make your money. If it's if it's streaming video games, no video games. Look, we for the amount of time that you and me and our the friends boy. have talked about streaming video games. If Miro's making millions and millions of dollars streaming and wrestling, more power to him, pal. Let him do it. Just I, I get that. Just I, because he's a gamer boy doesn't mean you're still not getting the brute inside the ring. Dude, he's barely been the brute. I don't, I don't care what he does on his free time. He's not really wrestling. He's not had a chance. That's what I'm saying. Give him time. <sighs> Give him time. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, That's what I'm saying. No, no. I'm into this. That's why I don't want to do it because I know we're going to do this. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I don't care what he does on his free time. Streaming, taking Lana out to sushi, I don't care what he does. But in, at AEW, I want him to cra start cracking some backs. Like, I want him to be, what am I doing? I'm going to break your back, Kip Sabian. You've been holding me back. I've been feuding over how two dudes destroyed my video game console or cab arcade cabinet. That's all I'm saying. I don't care what he does. I just want Rusev, or like a better version uh, he of. Can't be Rusev anymore. Uh, that's that's old and dead in New York. <laughs> shut up, Mark. You know what I'm talking about. I would say pretty much the only noteworthy thing of this match was uh, Britt, 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 uh, Britt Baker after she uh, lost the match. Oh yeah, that's right. Anna J and Kate, uh Anna J and Tay Conti won after uh. Britt Baker lost the match. She uh, ordered Tony Schiavone. Schiavone interviewed Baker, and pretty much she just started complaining to the crowd. And Th Thunder Rosa came out, and they started brawling. I feel that was like the only noteworthy thing of this match. I, I don't know. I I wish her Haraj Shida. Sorry if I butchered her first name. Hikaru Shida. Hi Hikaru Shida. Um. Like, I don't know why she couldn't be uh, Anna Jay's partner. Maybe Anna Jay and have, have they been work teaming together? Well, the the thing with Anna Jay and Tay Conti is that they are really close friends. And so, in the midst of the storylines, um, Anna has been trying to recruit Tay into the Dark Order since she herself has been recruited by Mr. Brody herself. Okay. So, is this um, on TV they, or is this on After Dark? That's that's more TV. That's more TV. Maybe a little bit of dark stuff. Okay. Um, but um, you know, after Anna made her debut and she lost and she got recruited into the Dark Order, she's been trying to get Tay Conti into the Dark Order as well with her, just to expand the group. And so um, they teamed together last night. I think the match showed just how much Anna's continuing to grow as a as a performer. I think that she could be. Big for the AEW women's division as as the company grows and moves forward. Demar, this is why you're the AEW guy. I just before before today, I watch highlights. Um, up next, Team Taz versus Ten of the Dark Order, Cody Rhodes and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, and especially with the connections that there are in that match, um, Ten with Cody, uh, the fact that. Ten Cody and Orange are all Brody Junior's you know favorite wrestlers and and that was that was the Brody Junior match mm -hmm. and um, 
I think as far as closing the show match wise, that's that's the way to do it for sure. And uh, great match by those guys. Um, I think I think Brody Jr. got his storybook ending with the way the match ended, and uh, then we had some post match fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that like uh, <laughs> was that did uh, Arn and Taz? And they had that weird chair standing off. Was that during the match or was that after the match? That, I, I'm not sure. I think that was in the middle of the match. But yeah, but uh, 10 of the Dark Order and Cody Rhodes and uh, Orange Cassidy defeated Team Taz. Boo. And then after the win, well, I guess Cassidy, Cody, and 10 took, their t- took turns hitting their finishers on uh, yeah, Ricky Starks. And they then took the pin, and then pretty much Team Taz was like, "Nah, we don't like that. We don't, we don't like, we don't want to end on a good mood." So they they beat they beat the the heroes down, and then now the shadows came. Darby Allen came for the save. Um, and then of course, yeah, Darby Allen's dad Sting came came to rescue as well. Might be might be Grandpa. <laughs> We're not sure. Um. But yeah, pretty much they just t- they just made the bad guys scatter it off, and then they ended the show. Uh, Tony Khan, I guess what is he the president? Well, he's the he's the owner, the owner and the he's not the, know, owner. the CEO. He is. His dad, his dad's the owner. Oh, don't even get me started. It's Tony. It's Tony's company. Shad's just there because he has to be. <laughs> But uh, now they he came out presented a Brady Lee's son and family. Well, they came, like they, the, the the family came out as well with his wrestling boots on and not on sorry, and they uh, placed him in the middle of the ring, and then Tony Khan presented uh, Brody Jr. with he named him what TNT Champion for Life. Yes. So obviously, the 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 tradition of when a when a wrestler would retire he would leave his boots in the ring um and so obviously in this moment a really touching tribute just to to mr brody lee leaving it all in the ring for for us and for the wrestling community and then the belt that they gave to brody jr was the same belt that his father won as the tnt champion so Pretty cool little tribute there. Uh, Darby will get a new strap, I'm sure. And um, obviously the the montage at the end, we've already talked about that. A plethora of pictures of, of John and his family, um, as well as with all of his friends throughout his career. Um, highlighting his days in AEW, his days in WWE, and uh, the rest of the world. And... Um, obviously, there's no better way to end the show than the way that they did. Definitely. Since I'm the only one that passed the, te- the second test to watch NXT, I'm just going to give you the uh, Sparknugs version. I'm just going to see what you thought of it. What If what I tell you, Mark, what you thought about it, okay? Yeah. I'll, yes, <laughs> I will we'll do that. Okay, uh, you know, next week's going to be the New Year's Evil, which is kind of be going to be their... Uh, what they're going to be up against uh, AEWs. What was AEWs calling theirs? Um, New Spit, Year's Bash. New Year's Bash, which is a two-night event. Uh, New Year's Evil. It'll be a two-night event. Yeah. Uh, tonight wasn't really a much of a show. 
uh, it was the NXT uh, Year End Awards. Uh, I guess we can kind of talk about that. What's your thoughts on? Uh, can you bring that up, Mark? Is there anybody you can bring up those <laughs> awards lists? I can't. I'm not going to name them off. All of them off. Just kind of want to give yeah, you. Yeah, give me. If you give me a hot second, I will. I will get those pulled up. Yeah, because I. Um. So there's just a couple I want to talk about. Um. So, uh, event of the year went to, of course, NXT Takeover War Games. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, um, sorry. Which will, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, um, I'm gonna jump around here. Obviously, <laughs> female, female competitor of the year, Ira Shira. Uh, male competitor of the year, Stidge, Adam <laughs> Cole. Uh, Adam Cole. Year, Thanks. Match of the year goes to Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly for oh. TakeOver 31. That was good. Um, that was good. Future star of the year goes to Austin Theory. And then Okay, here we okay, go. okay. This is one of the things I want to talk about. Dude, this list sucked. Future star, like, there was only two legitimate, like, answers I could think of. Austin Theory... Dude, I thought Leon Ruff was going to do it because you know how he had that uh, that uh, North American run a couple weeks ago or months ago, right? But dude, like, I mean, I don't know, like. I thought the only person that would like do the close, the closest uh, impact was like Any Hartwell, just because she's part of the the way. Like other than these, right. like they're like they're nothing. But I just thought Leon Ruff was going to win it just because he won the title, but. I could see Austin Theory winning it, but it's kind of like Geno Smith being the best quarterback of his draft class. Not saying much. Well, and and let's be honest. <coughs> let's let's be real. I know that this is going to get a lot of heat, and I don't care. Future star should have gone to only one person yeah. and one person, and they were snubbed from the list. Pat McAfee <laughs> should have been the future star. He's he's the highlight. But what about breakout of, generation. of Hold on, go to breakout star of the year. That's where I kind of lead off. And that's where I will also lead off as and, well. And there were some other things that I yeah, and, and he got screwed there too. Breakout star of the year goes to Shotzi Blackheart. Dude, that was a that's a that's a no. However, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke, I mean, dude. I don't I don't disagree. I, even Pat even though got screwed. Well, listen. And, listen, even though we're Pat boys, but dude Damian Priest. Totally here for the brand. <laughs> Damian Priest, Cameron Gimes, Timothy Thatcher. But dude, I'm not. I'm not saying Shotzi because, like, dude, the only two things I remember for like for from her this year was she hosted Halloween Havoc, and she was in that not good female version of the War Games, like the female. Not, sorry, the female match of War Games. That's the only thing I and also her her tank got destroyed. Those are the only three things I remember of her. But dude, Cameron Gun Cameron Grimes is also good as well. Right there, there is a lot of up and coming things happening. Hell, even in NXT. I thought I honestly thought uh, Raquel Gonzalez was going to win it. Gee, uh, I really like her. I think she, I like them, them powerhouses, and I think they're. I don't know. I think she probably would be an NXT champ, women's champ soon. But go ahead. She she very well could be. And, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and beat the dead horse. Pat got screwed. <laughs> we are huge McAfee fans. Um, but he did I win know, something. I know that it's 
He did win Rivalry of the Year with that stooge, Adam Cole. Um, and Adam Cole, just like Pat McAfee said on Twitter, you are welcome. Um, but I, I unfortunately understand. It's hard to give a breakout star to a guy that is not a full-time member of the roster. But... But I also mean, that he's not even part. I, it seems like he's not. He it, broke is, out. Is he even? He is he? Is he still? Sorry, is he still on the team? Like roster? So that's a that's a very good question because uh, obviously the internet did go a buzz on Christmas Day that Pat was written off TV for uh, the foreseeable future. So um, we don't know what that means. We don't know what that looks like. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with the future of Mr. McAfee in the WWE. But yeah, let me see if I missed over any of the other NXT awards from last night. Female um, competitor of the year. Female competitor of the year. I did hit that tag oh. team of the year. Went to those Stooges in undisputed <laughs> era. Um, but look, the McAfee effect has already already worked. I mean, what was uh? I mean, not saying they were, they were terrible dudes. Oni and uh, Birch. Oni and Danny. Yeah, like they. <laughs> I say first names then last name. Um, but no, I mean like they weren't like I mean they were a respectable tag team, but they were never like you would never think they would be the tag team champs. So uh, there was one more. Yeah, overall competitor of the year. Uh, Yero Shirai. <clears throat> Excuse me. I uh I agree with that. Uh, she's like the women's division on NXT has just been so much better than the men's division just because they're able to have a consistent presence there. Like, dude, I don't know. This has been, like, the worst year if you if you want to be, like, an NXT champion. You either hurt or you go up to the main roster. Like, they had uh, Ben Balor win it, and then he got hurt. Then they had Keith, Keith Lee win it. He had a cup for a couple of weeks or so, moved up to WWE, and they had uh, Killian Cross. I think he beat Keith Lee, and he got hurt as soon as he got it. So right, but uh, and then it went back to uh, went back to Finn. Yeah, but no, like Io Shirai definitely definitely deserves it. She's been kind of, I would say she's been kind of the most consistent, you know, presence on NXT. It's just you're gonna see her, you know, you're gonna have a great match. I mean, this past like, pretty much since she's won the championship, she's having like every takeover, she's had like one of the best matches. It was just pretty much a work show. It was pretty much nothing. We saw Bronson Reed come back, and tonight I found out that uh, don't watch NXT on Hulu. You got like a Hulu subscription. There are some matches that get cut out, so I did not see the Grizzly Young Vets defeat Br- Brazing- Brazingo. Oh God, Brazongo. Yeah, Brazongo. <laughs> maybe maybe I should be the one that's doing all the pronunciation things. Maybe man, I'm just too nervous. Uh, Mar- Mar- Martinez, Marti- Mercedes Martinez defeated defeated Latina Perez. That's what I missed. Um, Grand Malik and Lince Dorado defeated La. <laughs> Mark, I think I may need you handle the Spanish stuff since you did get two years of Spanish in high school. <laughs> okay, I'll have to I'll have to pull it up. Um. <laughs> But it's, Why you... it, no, it's the uh, it's the uh, Liga del del Fantasma. I think that's how you pronounce it. 
That sounds that sounds pretty good for me not having the results pulled up right in front <laughs> yeah, of me. Yeah, pretty much the the cruiserweight champion, and the show ended with NXT North American champion Johnny Gargano defeat Leon Ruff, and Pete Dunne defeated Roderick Strong, which was a pretty good match. Uh, it was kind of weird because they they. They made mention to uh, well, also they they uh, that's when they announced that they're bringing back the Dusty Rhodes Classic because uh, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne have experience competing in it, competing in it. Where in t- 2018 they reached the finals and Strong turned on Dunne and joined the Undisputed Era. I think in 2018, but during that match, <laughs> I realized that they didn't e- even mention the War Games match. <laughs> So that's where I'm like kind of confused. Maybe Pat did really get released. We will see. I have no idea. But uh, Finn Balor called, talked with uh, Kyle O'Reilly, pretty much talking about the their match next week on New Year's Evil, which should hopefully uh, live up to what their uh, match of the year did. <laughs> and uh, do you think do you think Kyle O'Reilly has any chance to beat Finn Balor, or do you think they're just gonna because I feel, I feel right now is the time for someone in, in Undisputed to win the title. It's and, not Adam Cole. Yeah, and then that kind of starts that, you know, remember how, like, how Evolution, like, when Triple H wasn't the champion or, you know, what, like, wasn't the main guy contending for it. He kind of got, you know, mad or, you know, I mean, he got jealous and turned on them. Right. Well, I mean, I think that it's definitely possible. I It does make me think of... Kyle O'Reilly when he was still in Ring of Honor and O'Reilly made his push for the Ring of Honor world title and the entire time you know it was just everybody's kind of beating him down you're a tag team wrestler, you're a tag team wrestler uh, you know wrestling Red Dragon with Bobby Fish and obviously they were an extremely dominant tag team and but everybody's just like they're all there's no way Kyle can be the world champion, there's no way Kyle can be the world champion and Kyle did it because Kyle is in a fantastic technical wrestler and so Kyle definitely has a shot going up against the Prince um, it's gonna be a hard-hitting matchup and uh, it'll be really interesting just to see how it goes I'm excited to just sit back and watch it and enjoy it and you know just go on the ride in the journey that they want to tell in the ring after that uh Killian Cross and Scarlett came out um, pretty much said you know why is Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly, not trying to combine those two names. Um, why is he getting a title shot? And uh, he's he's not because he dropped it. And then Damian Priest came out and they just started hammering against each other so much that they went across. Uh, have you seen like you seen? Yeah, you seen like you remember like you know how their uh, version of the Thunderdome looks like. Yeah, it's something Capital Center. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the Capital Center or I'm missing something in between. But they were just, you know, going going at it, just being beating the tar out of each other. They just went to the extreme and they knocked. They went through one of the barricades, but like it wasn't with the where the crowd was at. It was like towards the side, and there was like some match yeah. right there, and and they're going to have a match next week. I really like Damian Priest. I thought his North America title ended too too soon. Then we saw a uh, Ray Ripley Raquel Gonzalez promo hyping up their last woman standing match next week, 
and also you you missed a Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Champ Champa promo about their butt pit match. So, oh, all in all, I think we're going to have a hopefully a good next Wednesday. I agree. I agree. Then that's the hard thing, you know, with us going back and forth, just like when we were kids, you had Nitro and you had Raw, and you had to. You had to decide almost, basically, like, where's your loyalty going to lie? And it's not that I don't want to have my loyalty with NXT, but it's like I personally have set it, set it up to where it's like NXT is two, and I, as much as possible, will watch Dynamite Live and then go back and catch NXT later. The nice thing is we do live in a world now in 2020, well, 2021 by the time you listen to this, where... It's much more easy. You don't have to try to tape it on your VCR. You can just go back and watch it online or however you can access it. It's kind. Of, this is what we wanted, though. If you think about it, like we wanted a reason why. You know, this stinks. You know, I want to watch something else, but also wrestling. And this is like kind of what we wanted, and also it keeps everyone on their on their toes. Because I think Wednesday nights best night to be a wrestling guy, if you ask me or gal. Right, you know, well, and, and everything just kind of has its way of, of, of working itself out as far as throughout the week. You know, Raw has always been for Mondays. Raw will always be, or Mondays will always be for Raw. Monday Night Raw. Yes. And then, Raw. um, you know, Tuesdays you have Impact Wrestling, which you can catch on Access TV or online. And uh, also, in the NWA has started a new series on YouTube. Um, which I should remember the name of, but I don't. Um, but you can, you know, you can catch that NWA show on, on, on YouTube. I think that releases around six. Um, and then obviously you've got Impact. I think it starts at eight. And then obviously the big, the new show is called Shockwave, by the way. NWA Shockwave, and then, you know, the big the big show being or the big the big night as far as like throughout the week of wrestling being Wednesday nights, um, and then you know Ring of Honor coming in on the weekend, and it's a wonderful time to be a professional wrestling fan. That's for sure. And you got New Japan coming in at three in the morning where we're at. I mean, there's just not enough. We don't have time to sleep, wouldn't you say? Just too much, no. too and much you can wrestling. Sleep when you're dead. Yeah. And you got so much content on the WWE network. I mean, you're getting a steal for only nine nine nine. Well, now and now every other promotion has their own network. You know, there's the Ring of Honor Honor Club. There's New Japan World. There's I think Impact has their own thing. I think it's called Impact mm-hmm. Plus. Um, Dude, I kind of want so, that just for the old TNAs. Um. You know, you can you can have access to just about any kind of professional wrestling that you want. the The internet does make it a very wonderful place, I will say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, with uh, speaking of New Japan, obviously their uh, their big event, Wrestling Kingdom, is going to be this week, or uh, starts on January fourth, right? Yes, so the big, <coughs> big show for New Japan, you, how dare you, I'm this sorry. is our podcast, dang it, um, you know, this is the biggest event for New Japan of the year, uh, the January 4th show in the Tokyo Dome, and um, last year was the first year for New Japan, um, 
with Wrestle Kingdom 14 where Wrestle Kingdom turned into a two-day event. And obviously, again, this year, with so much going on, um, New Japan again is turning Wrestle Kingdom into a two-night affair. Um, and I do remember um, some nights in the mid-2010s where, you know, I'd find an illegal stream at 3 a.m. and I would stay up through the night to watch Wrestle Kingdom. And by gosh, did I suffer the next day. But that was some incredible, incredible professional wrestling to watch. Um, and this New New Japan card is, is just very stacked as far as the two-night affair. Um, the first night, I think, the highlighted matches. Uh, I am interested to see um, Kinta. He has the challenge rights for the IWGP United States Championship. And obviously that's been a big deal within the New Japan realm because Moxley, the IWGP US Champion, cannot get back to Japan to defend the title. And obviously this is Moxley's second reign with the championship. And his first reign was actually cut short because there was a typhoon that affected his travel to Japan. And so they... Uh, New Japan actually cut his first reign short. They uh, vacated the title. They did a whole thing um, to crown a new champion because John couldn't get overseas. And so now a lot of people have kind of been talking like, you know, should New Japan strip John of the title because he can't get back over to defend it? Or do you hold out for John to be able to defend it because it's a pandemic and it's a really unique situation? But it's tough. You know, Kenta's running out of things to do and kenta has been trying to call out john moxley and call him out and 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 just saying like you either defend the title or you give it to me because this is crap and you know tony khan himself said john's not going to japan so uh this kenta match against uh satoshi kojima uh, as a singles match for the challenge rights to challenge the iwgp u.s champion that match is happening on night one. That'll be really interesting to see how that plays out for the storyline's sake. And then um, two other matches highlight night one of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, the headline fight, uh, going to be extremely, extremely interesting. Is just a special, uh, what New Japan would call their, uh, just a special match, a special singles match. Uh, Kazuchika Okada wrestling will osprey obviously those two used to be very close will has uh tried to go and, and make his own path and forge his own way uh out from underneath okada and so um he's gonna step up to the man on his stage on his night january 4th in the tokyo dome that's gonna be a special match make sure you catch that and then of course um the main event for night one of wrestle kingdom uh tetsuya naito is going to be defending his dual IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental championships against Kota Ibushi. That's going to be a hard-hitting. That's going to be a special match. Um, and then, of course, the winner doesn't really have any kind of time off because the winner of that match is going to have to turn around the next night and defend both of those championships against Jay White. And that main eventing night two of Wrestle Kingdom on January 5th, um, it's just wild, you know, to think that either Naito or Ibushi, who will have gone through a really crazy, ridiculous match, is going to have to go through another crazy, ridiculous match with Jay White. And on top of that, you have all the added effects of the Bullet Club. Um, 
it's kind of hard to see Jay White somehow not coming out with the title when everything's said and done. But we'll see. Um, those IWGP, the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship matches are going to be really, really special. And then, of course, I think um, night two, the other big matches to look at. Um, you've got uh, Shingo Takaki. Probably butchered that name. I'm really sorry. Japanese is not my strong suit. Uh, but he's going to be defending his never open weight championship match title against Jeff Cobb and that's just going to be two big men, two big sweaty men bumping <laughs> meat and that's going to be power, hard, strong style wrestling that New Japan is known for you're not going to want to miss that match and then for the sake of storyline um, there's a special match Evil versus Sonata, obviously those two guys big tag team partners for a long long time um and now, you know, you have Evil who ended up joining the Bullet Club, turning on Sonata. Now they're going to have everything ultimately come to a head at the biggest show of the year for New Japan, which is Wrestle Kingdom. So um, those three matches, I think, are going to be the big matches to watch as far as Night 2 is concerned. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Wrestle Kingdom will be like. I'm not sure if New Japan is going to have any fans. It looks like both nights will have a limited capacity of 20,000 fans in attendance for both nights um, at the Tokyo Dome. So, you know, you're not going to have the full Tokyo Dome effect. Obviously, Japanese wrestling crowds interact way differently than uh, American wrestling crowds, but it's a, a really unique thing. If you've not watched New Japan or Japanese wrestling, check it out. Um, be a really good show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, I kind of quit following New Japan just uh, either like 2016 or 2017, just because like I'm mean, gonna be honest, like many of those guys that brought me to New Japan kind of left, you know, like AJ, the Good Brothers, and everything like that. But you know, and Nakamura, but also like you know, respect Tanahashi, you know, and uh, Akuda. Sorry, I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. You know what I'm talking about, Mark? Yeah. Okada? Yeah, okay, sorry. Sorry, Okada. I'm talking about yeah. Okada yeah. is still <laughs> running New Japan. Yeah, sorry. The Rainmaker. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I wish I could pronounce words right. But, you know, but like, you know, like when I was watching it, like they were having epics. You know, and also like <laughs> the Golden Lovers as well. I know it's, it was kind of hard to watch it at first just because I'm like in the mindset I got to watch this live and it's hard to watch New Japan live but now like I'm like now I'm just like you know just give me whenever I want it I, I'll wait the next day to watch it I feel now like I'll be able to pay attention more and everything like that and also it's always a good start to if you ever like if you're an old fan who left it, left it or trying to be a new fan of it, Wrestling Kingdom's kind of like the premier event to get back into it or start following it. Because it's like what Mark said, these are, it's like their version of WrestleMania or the Super Bowl. <laughs> this is a big deal in Japan. And so, like, you know you're going to get a great show. But uh, what was, uh, there was a question that you wanted to ask during the podcast before when we were talking. You want to discuss that now? Um... Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll bring it up to you now, and I will say, just as another plug, um, with New Japan, 
um, World. That's the New Japan's equivalent mm-hmm. of WWE Network. Um, a familiar voice in Kel- in Kevin Kelly is the the lead announcer for the English commentary. Kevin has done an incredible job. Um, obviously, he started working with New Japan through Ring of Honor, and then he just he fell in love with the with the Japanese wrestling, and they opened up a really great opportunity because New Japan has been trying to expand their reach worldwide. And so Kevin Kelly, great on the English call. Um, I also recommend, uh, you know, even just for a match, you know, pick one of those big matches and just listen to to uh, the Japanese announcing. Uh, you have no idea what's being said, but you can still feel the energy and the emotion because those guys are just so into what they're calling. It's it's just something super, super unique. Um, but yeah, I think something that's really interesting because I know there was a small part of me. I still would love to go to Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know if I'll, I'll ever make it to Japan in my lifetime. But I know, that Tyler, you and I have talked about even trying to go see WrestleMania live in person. But a big thing that is so different now is just the fact that you know, WrestleMania, like a, like a WrestleMania kind of show, or even Wrestle Kingdom, you know, you would plan basically a week's vacation, and, and you can still do that now, but now the fact that these shows are taking over two nights instead of just one, because, like, Wrestle Kingdom especially had so many matches on the card, like 15 or 16 matches on the card, and you try to give enough time for every match to be able to tell a story and to connect with the fans and the audience and WrestleMania was that same way. You know, you're trying to cramp 12, 13, 14 matches on a card or, you know, maybe you're going to do 10 matches on a card and then just literally shove everybody else in a battle royal and say, okay, we'll just try to duke it out. You're, you're still going to get a payday for being on the show. It's just not going to be what you think it is. Um, do you think that we've seen the end of, of these, like, big main event pay-per-view style events that are one-day things um or do you think that we might ever we might someday get back to a point where a wrestlemania will be over two days or wrestle kingdom will be over two days obviously you know even right now aew is still able to pull off one night pay-per-views and they have been usually lasting about four hours or so um maybe three depending on what's on the card but you know, I think I'm just interested. What you know? What do you think? Like, do you think that we might even get to a point where it's like maybe WWE will try to stretch out the big four to be two day events and make it this big long weekend because of how many people? Obviously, WrestleMania is a big deal because everybody travels. But even like the Rumble is big because people want to go see the Royal Rumble. People want to travel to SummerSlam, and so I think. It might not be outside the realm of possibility for these big companies like WWE and New Japan to stretch their big events into two-day shows. What do you think about that? I'm gonna I'm gonna answer you in two ways. Um, I know that uh, in the territory and like in the early days of wrestling, and I know Japan is bit known for that, like having multiple multiple day events and. I guess it's kind of like just more on the WWE side because AEW, it's kind of like they can do whatever they want because, and so like I wouldn't mind having like a two-day event, but like if they make like WrestleMania or like SummerSlam, those like two two days events, that's where I'm kind of like, I feel like we just have too many matches that don't mean anything. Like look at last year's WrestleMania, like it was headlined by Becky, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte. 
I I cared about that. You know, going in like, man, this is gonna be that's gonna be a great match. But dude, yeah, it, but it was like, hold on, lost, hold on. Lost, it was lost. like it was like at 11 p.m. at night when that match happened. That, like there were like 15 matches going on. So it's just like, why do we need so many matches? I I don't mind the events, but I'm just talking about like, why does WrestleMania need 16 matches? Well, obviously everybody's trying to get a payday, and I think that's. It's a company standpoint. It's the company's trying to get the boys a payday. That's the biggest payday of the year. For better or for worse, that's just the way it is. I'm offended that you took a big shot at Gronk and Gronkomania. How dare you? Are you kidding? Like, saying that Gronkomania wasn't as good as the triple threat women's match at WrestleMania? See, like, see... I don't mind that because this year was different, you know, just everything considered. But dude, <laughs> that was gonna be my first WrestleMania, and dude, like, I don't know if I was gonna be able to set through like a six-hour wrestling of show. Like, it's just yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough to do even at home. Like, when you're in the when you're in the crowd and you're in the audience, it is just a way different feel than watching at home. And there's there's an extra energy that you give when you're in the crowd and you're cheering for your favorite wrestlers or you're cheering against those guys that you just can't stand. And so to be doing that for like five, six, seven hours, that's a lot. I mean, even three hours or, or four hours, that's a lot. Especially if you, you know, if you're going hard from bell to bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it just seems like they're just pretty much doing that, like, right now, because if, with NXT, like, yeah, it's sort of its own thing, but it's, it's, it's still, you know, a WWE thing, and then me and my older brother, when we were going to WrestleMania, you know, we obviously got NXT tickets. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to see the Hall of Fame, but we would rather see the NXT, NXT TakeOver, and that's right. how, that's how I feel most people are, but also, like, I don't know how it is in Japan, but prior to this year, dude, if when you went to WrestleMania, you had so many companies doing their own thing. You know, like, hell, even Ring of Honor in New Japan did something in New York at Madison Square Garden when on when WrestleMania was in New York two years ago. Almost right. two, two years ago. Well, I, you know, I was correct the first time since this is coming out in 2021, but I just, I don't know. It just feels like... I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, back in those days, it seemed like we wanted more wrestling, and now, like, we got too much. And I don't disagree with you. I think, I think obviously, with, like, WrestleMania week, that's turned into a big event. And it's nice, because the indies and the smaller promotions can come, and they can, big, they can piggyback. And I know that even WWE has been trying to push back, because they want to try to make as much money as they can. Um, I think that that's really good. Good night. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see just as, as these companies grow. I mean, a thing that you have to take into consideration is how much larger WWE is as a company with the roster that they have compared to, you know, you were talking about watching those shows in the 90s. I mean, good grief, the, the talent roster itself has probably doubled to the size where Raw has just as many guys on its roster as WWE did back in the mid-90s. 
And that's just one three-hour television show. Yeah, but dude, like, um, it's not like this isn't the first time they did it. Because, like, remember back in 2002, that's when the, that's when the first planes, uh, brand split happened. And dude, like, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but I would say the talent level was definitely way better back then than it is today. And it just feels like people are getting left off of that. Why should people just be wrestling now just because? You think it's just because of, like, the uh, the WWE Network? I'm sure that that probably plays a really big part of it because they don't have to cater to uh, a pay-per-view company. You know, they they produce it. They, they air it. It's all on their television. It's all on their dime. So they can do whatever they want whenever they want. And... But WWE has their own, you know, they, they air the pay-per-view, they, they produce it, they, they don't have to deal with pay-per-view companies anymore like they used to, so they are able to get away with more in that regard, but I just, I don't know, I, in a sense, I see the benefit of being able to split it up so that you have more guys on the show, but I do think that the card, it's easier for matches to get lost in the shuffle, whereas back in the day, you could look at an, an entire Specifically, like a WrestleMania card, and you could say like, "This match was good. This match was great. This match was super memorable." And now it's just more of like a, we have to fill segments so everybody gets their spot. Maybe we just gotta stop complaining, just start enjoying it, and just just be thankful that in the midst of everything that we've gone through in this world, we still have professional wrestling. It's mm-hmm. that the fact that. You know, a lot of these companies, even even with some companies like a New Japan or Ring of Honor, who did have to take some time off, the fact that they've still been able to come back and produce content for us to enjoy while, you know, a lot of people are facing a lot of uncertainty is pretty special. Sure words, Mark. Sure words. Well, I think that's going to do it here. Um, hope we entertained you all. Because I don't know about everyone else, but I I tried a good time filming <laughs> filming this episode, recording this episode. Um, you know, try to shoot something on Wednesday. I'm gonna try have like gonna try to fill out a plan. Try to do the best we can, and you never know. We may add some stuff. We may remove some stuff because we may do a weekly show, and not a weekly show like cover weekly shows. So that includes like Raw, SmackDown. Uh, try to do Impact, AEW, NXT, obviously. Maybe do NXT UK, uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, or who knows, or NWA. Um, so we're just going to try to do the best we can. But also, we may just like decide, you know what? We may just want to do retro stuff. You know, because I don't know, because that's that's one of the cool things that I like. I like enjoy, I enjoy doing watching. Right now on WWF in '93, just seeing all these guys that I heard that was great, or like I only seen like a couple of matches here and there, but you know I'm able to see you know everything like played out, and it's I mean honestly, man, I'm just gonna be honest. Like I think I may have picked the wrong time, <laughs> you know, because this is like right where I'm at. It's after WrestleMania nine, which some people say, excuse me, is like the worst WrestleMania ever, and I. <laughs> I kind of agree with them, and uh, 
And so, like, this is like when Hulk Hogan beat Yokozuna. And so, like, I'm going to, I'm going into the first King of the Ring, uh, watching like all the pretty much what's available on that on the WWE Network. And I mean, it's honestly, it's kind of like right what, what it is right now. Like, there's some good, but there's also some bad. Like, there's some stuff that I want to see this, but th there are times where like, if I'm not interested in like in the match current day, I'm just gonna be on my phone. That's what I'm doing right now. There's like this current wrestler. I mean, the, the wrestler back in the day. His name is Mr. Hughes, and he's just this big old black dude who wears suspenders. Not yeah, he wears dress shirt and tie and dress pants, and he wears suspenders and he has sunglasses on, and he just sucks. Like I don't care about him. And what sucks is he's like he he's kind of like one of those guys that's kind of like he appears, you know, random promotions here and there. Like he was in WCW. He was in WWF, and then he later appeared in WWF as a bodyguard for Chris Jericho when he first showed up to WWF. And but it just sucks because I have to see him, and I know he's going to wrestle Mr. Perfect at King of the Rings. So it's just like, gosh. I mean, and obviously it's Mr. Perfect, but but that's what I'm saying. Just like I don't know. I'm just I don't know. I just I just hear like people just constantly crap on current day wrestling, but also, and they think like retro stuff is great. I don't know. Maybe we should we shouldn't do retro stuff because I'm crapping on it. But <laughs> <laughs> but no. But no. doing the very same thing you said you wouldn't do. <laughs> but no. But I'm no, just I mean, I'm, I'm just saying is it's just not. I don't know. I'm just we rambling. We might do a little bit of everything. We yeah. might we might do we might do some reviews of stuff back in the day. Do some like watch alongs. We might might do some book reviews yeah. might might pick a book once a month and 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 read it and tell you hey this this book was really good uh, I can't wait to make Tyler read uh killing the business by the young bucks he's going <laughs> to love that I'm going to love that um you know and and we just want to highlight professional wrestling cuz we love professional wrestling that's why we're doing this and you know if you love professional wrestling come love professional wrestling with us if you think our show sucks hey just say that could use some work or something like we're learning, we're growing, but we just want to talk about professional wrestling and share it because we love it, mm -hmm. and that's why we're doing it. And if you want to come along on the ride, M M MTPW, you're more than welcome to get on board, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and we may even do a uh, like uh, TV reviews or movie reviews like that that uh, involve wrestling. I know Mark really wants to watch the uh, Big Show show on Netflix. <laughs> Well, really, I want to watch Ready to Rumble, but there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. You know, Dark Side of the Ring. Mm -hmm. um, I know I heard that there's a really great David Arquette um, documentary that kind of covers his life after Ready to Rumble and winning the WCW World Championship. And now David Arquette, the fact that he does, you know, he's continuing on the indie scene wrestling. And yeah, there's just, there's lots of avenues, lots of options for us to to. Talk about what we love, and that's pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Wrestling. Wrestling. Well, thank you for uh, listening, and we'll see you next week. Later.